Welcome to another episode of the Replant Bootcamp Podcast, the Boots on the Ground podcast for replanters by replanters with your host, Bob Bickford and Jimbo Stewart. Here in the trenches with you doing the gritty and glorious work of replanting dying churches. This podcast is sponsored by 180 Digital, the church website and branding partner you need to help move your church forward. Here we are back at the bootcamp, Bob. I hope you're ready for the next episode Christmas is ruined. <laughs> Man, we've had a lot of fun. Hey, Bob, this is actually episode 170. Really? Yeah, this is our, uh, which we had another episode before that, maybe some other bonuses, I think. So this is a, you know, we're over 170 now, but this is episode number 170. And you can go back and hear some great Christmas stories because we, unlike some other slacker podcast, we don't quit. No. We do every stinking week. Now, I was talking about trying to record when we could find our time to record over the last week or so. We've had a hard time. We've both been real busy. And, and my wife looked at me. She goes, you know, you don't have to do every week. <laughs> <laughs> I said, look, the thousands of listeners yes. that depend yes. on the wisdom that they get from the boot camp. They need us every week. Everybody needs a fresh bootcamp episode at, at, at a week, right? Every week. Every week. No, so even Christmas week. So I want to talk a little bit first. We're going to get into how to use the Advent season to set your mind right. But I want to talk about how it took me a while to realize that was a good thing. Okay. So early on as a pastor, I always wanted every sermon to be fresh. Like I just, I, I like a freshness. And I'm not talking about cool, like just fresh. Like there's... It's, it's exciting, it's new, it feels you know fun. Yeah. So even now that I'm a teaching pastor at the church that I go to, but I'm not every week there, and I guest preach a lot of places, I still try, for the most part, to write a new sermon every time. I'm still I'm not trying to just go back to the sugar stick, and just, I like fresh. And so after the first couple of Christmases, it hit me, man, like, do I have to come up with an Advent series every year? <laughs> and, I mean, at, at some point, Bob, I went full into the... Christmas dragon and Revelation, just because I needed to, I needed to find another text. Oh, are you familiar with the Christmas dragon? No, no the Christmas dragon. There's a whole, there's a whole thing in Revelation about at the incarnation, the enemy was a dragon, and it was like it's a whole thing. I was trying to get the baby and all yeah. that. Oh yeah, yeah, I know about that. Yeah, I've so never heard I, it called the Christmas dragon. Oh, well, that's what I call it, the Christmas <laughs> dragon. So I did a Christmas dragon sermon. I don't know that it was that great. What? Because because I wasn't. I think my motivation was I just need to do a different text than Luke two. And let me let me give you another blunder that I made is in this this one. So I we've talked about I'm dyslexic, audio visual processing disorder. I written word is not something that comes natural to me, but I'd been heavily influenced in that season, still loving by H.B. Charles. And H.B. Charles is adamant. Every preacher ought to write a manuscript for every sermon. And I was like, okay, all right, am I just being lazy? I'm going to write a manuscript. So for a Christmas Eve service, I mean, I tightly wordsmithed and wrote this manuscript. And I labored and labored and labored over this manuscript. And when I, I thought it was so good, Bob, when I got done, a loving church member came to me and I mean this genuinely a loving kind and they did it in a very kind and gentle way but they and they said hey brother I don't know what you did different tonight but don't do it again <laughs> oh my god <laughs> it, it didn't go over well it was not a good delivery Christmas was ruined Christmas was ruined oh and so I love you Merry Christmas even though I'm ashamed of you <laughs> all throwbacks to previous Christmas episodes you can go back and listen but here's here's what I think my problem was I was struggling 
with the repetition of an Advent series every year. And I eventually even struggled with this with like Easter, right? Man, how do you reapproach this every year? And a, a church member challenged me and said, why does it have to be fresh in a new approach? It is the most beautiful and wonderful story of all of history. Like just stand on that, stand on the beauty of what it is. But I've made a lot of blunders along the way. Have you along the way made some Christmas <laughs> blunders, Bob, or is it just me? Well, Jimbo, I think I made a, a very famous Christmas Eve service blunder in 2008. Oh, okay. Where, where were you in 2008? How 2008, old were you? I had just in the process of moving to New Orleans okay. to start seminary. I would have been almost 25. So you're married? Married. Yeah. About to, so I would have, so yeah, Trip was born in 2007. Okay. So yeah, yeah. married, one kid. And either moved to New Orleans or on my way there. Yeah. Well, this this was 2008, and I was uh, the associate pastor. Christmas 2008, I was in New Orleans. I know that for a fact. All right. All right. Yeah. So 2008, Christmas here, I was uh, an associate pastor at uh, a seeker church, and we were doing the uh, Christmas Eve service. Incidentally, the reason that we were doing the Christmas Eve service, or that I did the Christmas Eve service, is our lead pastor hated Christmas Eve services because he he at one time a previous associate pastor planned one and then got sick or couldn't make it and and he the associate pastor was going to serve communion to everybody and so that it fell to the senior pastor and he probably had to serve communion I don't know maybe 200 plus people and he decided from that point on he was never doing another Christmas Eve service okay right? he's a really loving guy really pastoral shepherd yeah guy. <laughs> he's yeah it's like oh, yeah. did I get so in 2008 fast forward. I have reinstituted the Christmas Eve service, and it's turned into this giant thing. It's like a really big thing. People love Cause you're, it because you're Bobby B. Well, you know, we had we were doing Christmas songs, and kids were singing, and this is my secret church days. And so, part of my secret church days, you always had to have a joke. You always had to have kind of a key okay. lead in because you want the people to laugh, and you want them to laugh, and then you want to you want to start teaching the truth, right? So yeah, yeah. You got to be funny, 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 laugh, laugh, laugh. Gut and punch, then, and then talk real quiet. Talk real quiet. And make the point, right? Yeah. So here we go. So, so here's secret. We should have you do a master class on seeker church <laughs> no. preaching at some point. No. I don't want to do it. I want to be far <laughs> away from it, right? So anyway, here we go. So here's, I'm going to give you a little snippet from okay. that Christmas Eve service in 2008. Okay. This is my most major Christmas. This is seeker church Bob. Yes. Throw on us a Christmas joke. Yes. All right. Big blunder here, 2008. Let's hear it. One time at a preschool Christmas program, just before the show, a young boy was going around the dressing room repeating, I'm a sheep, what are you? Turning to one little girl still struggling into her costume with her mother's help, he repeated the question to her, I'm a sheep, what are you? The little girl simply said, I'm Mary. Realizing he was face to face with a lead character, he felt he needed to justify his own role. It's hard being a sheep, you know, he said, with all the seriousness of a five-year-old actor with a big part. The girl's equally serious response was humorously profound. Yeah, she said, but it's also hard being a virgin. <laughs> how, how did that go over? Everybody laughed so hard, Jimbo. It, was, it went over great, except for the lady who sent an email to the lead pastor. Oh, man. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, Seeger Church, Bob. That's so awesome. Hey, here's one that's not a blunder, but just a fun one. We're going to be a little more lighthearted on this episode because we know that you're getting your boot camp fix as you're driving through the woods to grandmother's house you go, doing all your Christmas stuff this week. So 2008, moved to New Orleans. By 2009, I'm part of a great church there in New Orleans, Calvary Baptist Church on the West Bank, Best Bank. And Christmas, Christmas morning, like this year, falls on a Sunday. So lead pastor says... Hey, just to incorporate the families, here's he just tells everybody ahead of time, have your kids bring their favorite Christmas gift, and I want them to bring it on stage, uh-huh. right? And he, and he did a good job using that to point to Jesus is the greatest Christmas gift, you know, as you do, yada, yada. So out of my three kids, what does my son cash out of every gift? Every, this was, this, whatever year that would have been that Christmas fell on Sunday, because he was probably two years old at that time. So it's probably 9, 10, 11 even, maybe 2011, whatever year that was. We had, he was in love with Cheeto puffs, little Cheeto rounds. And so we had okay. gone to a, a sporting goods store and bought this, like, five-gallon drum of Cheeto puffs. I, I like those, Jimbo. And so here's the deal. Cash, you have to understand, he has always been a, a big, big-boned fellow like his daddy. And he's got this raspy, cutest, raspy little voice. And so this this bucket of Cheetos is the same size as him. And so we're asking the kids, what's your favorite gift? What do you want to bring? And show Pastor Michael. And he goes, Cheetos. <laughs> and he's holding the Cheetos. And so we bring him to church. And so he waddles with this bucket that's the same size as him on the stage with Cheetos. I loved it. It's oh one of my, my favorite Christmas Sunday morning meetings. Well, hey, look, this year. Christmas falls on a Sunday morning. It does. So by the time you're listening to this, you're already almost through your Advent series. You're maybe coming up on Christmas Eve and then doing a Christmas morning service, depending on how spiritual you are, according to Twitter. <laughs> yes, don't cancel your service or the Twitter folks are going to find you. So, and we'll be ashamed of you. Yes. Merry Christmas, but Christmas I'm ashamed. Is ru- Christmas is ruined. Christmas is ruined, and I'm ashamed of you. <laughs> Here, Here's what I want to challenge. I just, I want to... Go back to why I struggled early on, and I want to apply this not just to your sermon series, but just a great principle in ministry in general. For whatever reason, maybe it was the influence of seeker-sensitive Bob, and Seeker Church Bob, maybe it was Seeker Church Jimbo, that I just felt like I had to take a fresh approach every year. Mm-hmm. And at the root of that was a dependence on my ability to make something fresh. Good point. Not on how beautiful and wonderful the story is. In reality, we sometimes just need to be reminded. So, chances are you already got your Sunday morning sermon or your Christmas Eve sermon planned by the time you listen to this. And you may be, like me, discouraged and frustrated because you're trying to figure out, how do I make this fresh and not just repetitive from the same things look repeating this stuff isn't bad and it's not i'm not just talking about your sermon series like this is what matters and repeating is good for our soul and it's good for the souls of our people and so so pastor don't get too stressed out about how good your sermon delivery is going to be this saturday night sunday yeah i think so too because jimbo if unless you worked like way far ahead on your messages and you've got this 
you know, you're, you prepare like two or three weeks in advance, you're probably going to feel stressed because, you know, at my house anyway, there's a lot that has to be done before Christmas. Yeah. Right. I got to do all kinds of cleaning. I've got to go to the store. I've got to get this up. I got to set this up. I got to do that. And then I got to talk to people and you got to go to Christmas parties and your smart group Christmas party and your deacons and your staff and your, you know, all this kind of stuff, or you got to make at least an appearance if it's not your gig. And yep. so you've got all of these things. And then you also have the pressure of, you know, <laughs> I did have a friend who would say this like on Easter Sunday or Christmas Sunday when they were bringing their relatives in here, don't mess this one up. Right. <laughs> was, you're just like, oh my gosh. But I think you can talk about, think about the original Christmas story where Jesus comes in. Where is he born? He's born in a, in a manger, right? So a place where there was, you know, it's not, it's not a luxurious mansion. It's not a palace. It's a place where livestock were. And it was a place that you wouldn't expect to find a baby, much less the son of God born as a baby. And there's something very simple and yet profound about that. And so you don't have to, you don't have to dress that up, right? It's not meant to be dressed up. It's meant to just be communicated plainly. So, Take a simple approach, communicate it plainly, but also com- communicate the profound yeah. and the plain and the simple. Yeah, be compelling, do a good job of preparing a good sermon, but remember the power is not in your ability to deliver. Mm-hmm. The power is in the Word. Yeah, And that's where I, so so again, this is not just about your Advent series. This is about your what you're going to do in January. This is about every time you stand in the pulpit to preach. The power is not in your cleverness or your creativity, powers in the Word. It is a living, active Word. And here's the deal, that's also true for your life. Mm-hmm. The powers in the Word for you, like, so just fall in love with the Word. Spend time in the Word and make the Word the star this Christmas. Hey, so as a Christmas present, we're going to make this a 15-minute episode. There you go. We love you guys. hope you guys have a great Christmas and you don't ruin it, and we're not ashamed of you. Merry Christmas. Do not tell Bob's joke. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Replant Bootcamp Podcast, a resource for replanters by replanters. If you enjoyed this episode or found it to be helpful for you and your ministry, please help us get the word out by subscribing, sharing, and leaving us a review on your favorite podcast listening platform. This podcast is sponsored by 180 Digital. 180 Digital is a team of design, development, and marketing experts that love working with churches, big and small. Check out 180.church, O-N-E-E-I-G-H-T-Y.church to learn more about how 180 can help your church move forward.